You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Sound a little rough this morning. Sound like I had a hooker's breakfast. <laughs> Hello. We're just having a great conversation. Didn't notice yeah. it at all. And then my voice just And then just as goes, soon as the mic cracked. Hey, it's Friday. It's Friday. The Flames win mm. over the uh, hottest team in the Western Conference last night. Better believe it. Five to two. Plan the parade. Impressive win. Plan the parade, George. Oh, no, don't. Here we go. <laughs> that is you so they're much. They're back. <laughs> back in Toronto anytime they're on the way. She plan the parade. Everyone says that so much. We'll and go it's like, west or east down ninth. Yeah. We'll go west down sixth. Is that where they would have a little it? bit of a loop? Well, that's just the stampede no, road. I, I don't know. I don't, they probably they, they, pro- they would need a place to end. They would need a plaza. Yeah, Olympic end. Olympic plaza. Yeah, so well, you'd no, probably the, go the other way. Olympic plaza. Yeah, so you'd probably go six first, and then a little swim, okay. spin around over by the right. uh, by the barracks there. For it took an A nine. Okay. If I've got an idea, if they need it. Okay. Um, Flames with a gigantic win last night over the Vancouver Canucks. Um, Frank Cervalli's in Sweden. And before you beat me to it, yes, I know they were playing a team on a back-to-back on their backup goalie, but nevertheless, planet. Yeah, it's the NHL, so what? NHL, <laughs> who cares? Yeah. Every team has to do that. They came back I from don't... a three-game Eastern Conference road trip. Yeah. Let's throw around They excuses. got home at 6 in the morning on uh, Wednesday. Gross. Yeah. They flew overnight. <laughs> yeah. And they got home 6 in the morning on Wednesday. You think their body clocks were right? Yeah. New. No. Nope. And when people say, oh, is that the back end of a back-to-back? No, like, it doesn't matter. Like, every team has to deal with these yeah. things in the NHL. Yeah, exactly. And please don't tell me about travel because the Flames have one of the worst travels, schedules, miles traveled in the NHL. They're yeah. not Dallas. Dallas is the worst. And Vancouver's the also not good. Vancouver's not good either. But, again, yeah. this is what you get when you play in the Western Conference. What you get? Yep. When you let your heart win. Uh, Flames with a gigantic win last night. Frank Saravalli going to join us in about five minutes from Sweden. Mm. He's at the, uh, whatever they're calling it, Super Series. Global Series. Global Series, whatever. I watched that game. I just have no idea why it was a regional broadcast. Yeah, I didn't watch the game. I was asleep during the game. Um, Wasn't moving the needle. I just just saw the Stutes let go on. X and I accidentally had needed. a four and a half hour nap yesterday. Oh, and totally cruised through my alarm. Good for you. <laughs> Woke up at three thirty in the afternoon. Oh, oh, I had things to do today. You okay. were refreshed though. Too bad. Oh yeah, I felt you great. Woke up refreshed. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh. Red Wings fought back from a four nothing deficit. Four four, and then Stutzla with the goal of the year, I think, <sighs> batting it out of the air. Oh, so nice. He did. Reimer's it. scared of the puck. Yeah. <laughs> he he has all that equipment on, and he's still scared. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Dusla bats it in, unlike Dalton Varsho. Yeah, and the Ottawa Senators okay. swing. Wow, <laughs> he actually got a hit there. He powered it in, unlike Dalton Varsho. I take Stutzla. I'm surprised Varsho didn't try to bunt it into the ground <laughs> instead we of putting it on there. there. I didn't think Varsho yeah. was going to catch a stray. You know, November if you guys were on in but... a playoff game, I'm sure Stutzla would try to hit them in and try to bunt yeah. for a base hit. Okay, good. I'm sure he would do that. Yeah. Uh, but the Flames win 5-2 uh, last night over the Vancouver Canucks. Can you think of a time where you've seen a human being more relieved is than when Jonathan <laughs> Huberto scored that goal? Yeah, the whole arena wanted that one. Did him. you see him just look to the sky and go, thank you, sweet baby Jesus, <laughs> Yes, for that one? Yeah. I And I, I felt good for it. And you know what? It wasn't like a garbage goal. Where like it hit three guys and it went into the uh, net. Roof no, day. it was a beautiful shot. 
like a $10.5 million goal. That's what you want. <laughs> That's what it felt like to me last night. And he was like, oh, my God. And by the way, mm. the line played good. I thought he was quite good yesterday. He was good. That line played well. I One of my bigger takeaways from the game as a whole is the fact that you actually might have four set lines now. What? I thought the iteration that they finished with was serviceable, yeah. to say the least. Again, the Cadre line was solid. Dubé played well with Montepani and Lindholm. Lindholm also had his one of his best games of the season, Both if not his time. best game. Yeah, I agree. Both damn time. Uh, Kadri line was great. Pospisil was good, even though his Mixing point streak up. came to an end. Mixing it up, yeah, though. He showed a little bit more snarl. Yep. He got that other aspect of his game on display. I liked it. In you know the Blasty jerseys. Last mm. night, uh, not, uh, guy who's only played, played his 10th NHL game last night or 11th, uh, but he's 28 years old. I thought DeSimone was very solid last night. Yeah, actually. Yeah, it's a great point. I, I thought, thought he was solid. Again, that's what you want from your sixth guy. Don't make mistakes. Make just a nice first pass out of the zone. And, you know, I he pinched in the right times a couple times, made a couple nice plays. I thought he was rock solid on the blue line There last were night. several instances where I was pleasantly surprised with how he handled pressure. Yeah. With how he handled the forecheck, with a, a, a smart pass or eating a play along the boards and waiting for help or, or doing something like that. That was just smart to not give the puck up in his own zone because that Canucks team can score, man. Like they've oh, got a, an elite top goal? line. Oh, oh my goodness! goodness. <laughs> Tick tack toe, gross. <laughs> like Mercer didn't even move. He couldn't. He couldn't. No, it was over. Like the it puck was, was in before he realized what happened. Like that was the first moment of panic in the game. I think when you saw that, and you're like, oh, oh god, whoa, that's what they can do. And I, I, I talked about it. I talked about it yesterday. I, I watched their power before. play against uh, the, the Islanders. I'm like, oh, that power play scary. And then right away. That goal was that was goal was so picturesque, man. You want to show tape of how to move the puck around, how to snap it around on the power play. Show them that goal last night. And again, Markstrom, fantastic last night. That save he made on Pedersen in the second period, yep, rock solid. Yeah, he didn't have to be as busy as he has been in some certain games. I think he stopped twenty of twenty two. In the end, I, I saw natural stat trick only had him clocked at two high danger chances against at five on five, but the one of them was that Pedersen chance. And- not a lot that you're going to be able to do from that. The Flames did give him a, a relatively easy night, but when there were stops that needed to be made, he was able to make them. So I'm not too worried about a Hoglander goal late in the game where no, he was it, great it, last it's night. essentially out of distance and, and you had pretty much put the nail in the coffin at that point. So And the power play goal that we just... Oof, my goodness. If only. Yeah. Right? Uh, <laughs> the Rose Report is going to happen uh, at the bottom of the hour. Yep. And more on the Flames' big 5-2 win over the Canucks at 7 Heaps. o'clock. Heaps. But right now, uh, live from Stockholm, Sweden, across the pond, it's our man Frank Saravalli from NHL Daily Faceoff, brought to you by South Trail Exports. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit South Trail Exports. Dot com. Uh, Frank, you and I ran into each other in Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton and Sweden are pretty much a mirror image of one another, right? Uh, say that one more time. I said Edmonton and Sweden are pretty much a mirror image of one another. Yeah, they're also really close to each other, as I've learned. <laughs> oh, wow. Really? Hmm. That's fun. Interesting. Yeah, it's like driving to uh, Olds. Oh, okay. Really? All right. Hmm. I Very like close. it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, so what what's have you ever been there before? What's it like? Fill us in for people who haven't no, been. No, never been to never been to Stockholm, never been to Sweden. Uh it is a beautiful place. It is let's see. It's just after two o'clock in the afternoon and it's already mostly dark. Oh. Um oh. 
Yeah, so things things get dark in a hurry here. The sun at this time of year doesn't really come up above the horizon. It's kind of like off in the distance, and even then it's still pretty cloudy. So uh, a little bit dreary, but um, look, they're really passionate about hockey here, and that part has been awesome to see. So um, got a chance to go to the game last night, but more than that have gotten a feel and a vibe for um, – you know, the rich history that hockey has here. And that part has been pretty awesome. Um, being in Sweden, I know that uh, they're, they're working on air travel to make it quicker. Do you, is, do you foresee one day, Frank, in the distant future that we have NHL teams in Europe? I mean, maybe if there's a return of like the Concord type jet where you can make it across in three and a half, four hours. Yeah. The funny thing about that, uh, I make the joke, uh, not kidding. I mean, I know teams are on charters and whatnot, but I can get to Stockholm, Sweden, almost as fast as I can get to Calgary and Edmonton from Philadelphia. So, mm. um, I do think it's a long ways off. I I'm not going to say never, but I think the hardest part for me to reckon with is, okay. Like, let's say you make an all European division, and yeah. you have eight teams, and it's easy to envision, you know, the eight cities. You have Stockholm, Helsinki, London, Paris, Prague, yeah. you know, go down the list. Milan, Italy, Cologne, Germany, Berlin. It's easy to do, okay? Yep. Zurich. But then what? All the teams got to so go and play them division. all eight times? That's your road trip, the European yeah, road part, trip? But that part's easy because you, you jam it into two weeks and – the players love it because you, you hit all the great spots in Europe. It's like the greatest hits all in a row. Right. And that part's fun. But what happens when you get to the playoffs? Like, let's say you, you have your own in-division bracket. And just like we do now where, you know, you got to win two rounds to get out of it. And then you get to the conference final. But then what? You play the last two rounds entirely based in North America. And your fans get to enjoy none of the best part of the season. Like, I just... That part for me is where mm. I lose sight of it being a possibility. Uh, more likely to have an NHL team, Stockholm or Quebec City? Uh, Stockholm. Okay. No. Oh, yeah. Eventually. Yeah, mm. I thought so. I thought uh, that would be look, your answer. It's, it's market size. Um, and, uh, you know, the NHL is going back to Quebec City to play preseason games. Um and in fact, I think Quebec City is paying the NHL six million dollars to play preseason games. They're paying the Kings. Ooh. Like it's they're they've got a government-funded building there that's just sitting there, NHL-ready, being used by a major junior team. It's not hasn't been the most appropriate use of funds to this point. If you're a Quebec taxpayer, um, or maybe even if you're an Alberta that uh, contributes some tax money that ultimately gets slid to Quebec, but that's a story <laughs> for another day. Um, but here's the thing, like they look at, look at what they're running into in Winnipeg right now for the NHL. Um, it's a small building and they had a lot of people when they first came back in 2011, sign up for five and 10 year season ticket guarantees as part of the deal to get the team. And when those have expired, the prices have remained extremely high to get in and the team has kind of hit a plateau and their corporate base just isn't as strong as it might be in 
another market that's a lot bigger. There just aren't as many businesses there. There aren't as many big Canadian businesses there that I think it makes it really difficult to sustain and then do that and I think have the market size or whatever it is to go to Quebec City. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Uh, I want to ask you about the Flames team. They get a big win against the Vancouver Canucks, but questions continued all week about the Nikita Zadorov trade request. Um, how do you think this has been received by the rest of the group? The rest of the group, meaning the players? Yeah, and organize, and, and the front office as well. Well, the front office, I believe, uh, found out about the trade request uh, on social media, which is probably oh never a good goodness. thing. Really? Whoa. Okay. Yes. I, there was never any, as far as I know, never any direct conversation between Nikita Zadaroff and Craig Conroy, and I don't believe between the agent and Craig Conroy before that leaked out. So Yikes. that part wasn't great. Yikes. And then the second part was, I think his teammates, if uh, and, and I've heard some rumblings about this, but not a complete picture or full story, is I, I think they felt like it was a little bit on the nose. So you aren't exactly subtle after scoring a goal and having a huge hit against the Toronto Maple Leafs, who, oh, by the way, their general manager used to be your general manager, and their market was ablaze for five straight days before that with their defensive zone play being shoddy. So I think they felt like it was, if I'm you know reading the room correctly, they felt like it was a bit opportunistic and – he had to answer for that. Like I'm told that he had mentioned to a few teammates. Um, I had no knowledge of this. I didn't tell my agent to do that. I mean, what else are you going to say? But at the end of the day, not a great look. And more than that, not productive. Now, what would you think about a timeline here? Because obviously the Leafs right now are off in Sweden. Do you think that there's actually smoke to the fire there, that there might be a, a match between the Flames and the Leafs? Or do you think that there's more of a waiting game here for the Flames? They don't obviously don't have to acquiesce to the timeline here for Zadorov. Well, they're not going to acquiesce because not, not to be a stick in the mud, um, I think Craig Conroy is ready to do business. I think... Part of the issue is it's mid-November and not a lot of teams are in trade mode yet. It just, it's, it's like uh, you got to work up to a lather in today's NHL in order to get there. And I had a Q&A with, with some fans on Instagram on my way over to Stockholm. I was like, all right, I got eight hours to kill. Like, might as well have some fun. And people said to me, what would you do to change the trade deadline? And I said, I wouldn't change it. I'd put a second deadline in place earlier in the season because the only way that some of these guys actually end up making moves is to give them a deadline. And I don't think there's been a significant, um, or I should say uh, there hasn't been anything substantial that's come across Craig Conroy's plate to this point that has even really made him think about making a move. Frank Saravalli joining us live from Stockholm, Sweden, courtesy of South Trail Exports, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Well, Frank, if if um, Jacob Marstrom continues to play like he is and the team is in their best stretch of the season, 4-1-1, one, and one, 
in their last six. What happens if this team does play itself into playoff contention or dare I say a playoff spot? How much does that change what the Flames do with the deadline? Well, I think it would probably change things pretty significantly. Like this team, we've said this since before training camp, their mission and mandate has been to make the playoffs. And if they have an opportunity, I do think that they're going to try and maximize that. But at the same time, I think the internal push and I think this start of the season has been eye-opening in that way. And I, I still think it's a real long shot that they end up getting there. Um, I think this opening of the season has been an eye opener to management and to the front office saying probably need to do things a little bit differently, like change, not just change up the mix, but we have an opportunity here to really harvest assets and really get this team heading in a different direction. It doesn't mean long-term rebuild necessarily retool, whatever R word you want to use reshape um, that I, I think they're open and ready to do that, especially with the guys that are pending UFAs and they may not be the only ones. What about the Edmonton Oilers here and Chris Knobloch start with the group? What have you made of the changes? And, and do you think that this is a, a start of a, a shift for the Edmonton Oilers? It feels like the shift started while Jay Woodcroft was still on the bench in the game against Seattle, doesn't it? Mm. Um that part to me, I wasn't thrown off because it wasn't like a giant shocker that the Oilers made a coaching change on Sunday. I think there was always in the back of everyone's mind after the loss to San Jose, like this is a thing that they're probably going about working on and it might take a couple of days to execute. So there was that. Uh, I don't think anyone was giving him a complete stay of execution, if that makes any sense. And one game wasn't going to change that. But then I think the hardest part for me to wrestle with, and I can't really imagine what Jay Woodcroft is feeling sitting on his couch the other night in Chris Knobloch's first game. And Leon Dreisaitl has four points. <laughs> like we knew Connor McDavid is not going to remain at 126 in league scoring. We knew that Leon Dreisaitl would eventually start bludgeoning opponents. And you're going to get four point nights from this group and it's going to look like that and feel like that. And the fact that it's now happening after he's gone, like I don't attribute that coach bump to Chris Knobloch coming in and change is like nothing really changed. Like a vibe didn't change. It's not, it can't be that drastic, that big overnight. So, you know, I think it's going to be interesting to watch is, is the easiest way to say it. Like, they have made an an extraordinary move at a time when a lot of the numbers seem to indicate that that it would be impossible to stay in the same exact spot they were. But I also understand the position they were in that you can't allow this to become 25, 20, 25, 30 games of the same thing. Ken Holland said it best. We're in the winning business and we haven't done enough winning. Um, we saw last night Patrick Lyonnais and Johnny Goudreau both benched in the third period. Uh, Lyonnais for just over uh, nine minutes, Goudreau for over just over six minutes. Does anything happen because of this? Is this just a wake-up call for those two guys? Your thoughts? 
I mean, how many wake-up calls is Pascal Vincent? He's like a hotel front desk. Like, <laughs> how many is he gonna? How many calls is he gonna make? Eventually, you got to go to an automated system that someone does it for you. Um, Kent Johnson, healthy scratch to start the year after a 40-point rookie campaign. He's in the minors. David Yurichek, sixth overall pick, shuttled back and forth like he's on a metro jet between Washington and, and New York, 27 times a day. I mean, that part is it's hard to wrap your brain around kind of what's happening in Columbus. And look, um, much in the same way that we've had the same conversation and banged our heads against the wall in Calgary trying to figure out what's up with Jonathan Huberto, like, did Johnny Gaudreau wake up today and forget how to play hockey? Like, I doubt that's the case. And more to the point, with that contract and with the one that Huberto has, and I said this, you know, from the moment he was benched, you have to find a solution. Like you have to work together to, they're not going anywhere. There's no exit route. There's no escape hatch. You have to find a way to work together and find a way out of it because you're, you're married and there's no way to get divorced. Patrick Kane, sounds like he wants to make a decision relatively soon. Also sounds like the Rangers are Mm -hmm. out. What can you tell us about this situation? So I believe, and not set in stone, but word was that Patrick Kane is soon wrapping up his training in Toronto, and rehab time's over. uh, He's ready to play. It's game time. And I believe we're sort of within a week, give or take a couple days, from Patrick Kane making his decision. I think he met with, I believe, two or three more teams yesterday. I know he met with the Toronto Maple Leafs on Monday before they left for Sweden here. And he's got a bunch of different options on his plate. I think six, seven, eight teams when it's all said and done. The only team from the West, I believe, is the Dallas Stars. Um, Been curious about some of the other teams in the East outside of the obvious. The Rangers being out kind of doesn't complicate it, but you've got Buffalo and you've got uh, Toronto and Detroit. And then I think the Florida Panthers have been in the mix. There's been some rumblings about the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think there's one other mystery team. I can't put my finger on who it is, but just going through the teams, you guys call me the sleuth. Like, I'm wondering if it's (laughs) the New Jersey Devils. Mm, Does that make the most sense to you? The Devils? Yeah. No, the team that makes the most sense for me is Buffalo. It's home. Right. You have a chance to sign a multi-year deal uh, because they have cap space. You can settle in and maybe play the rest of your career there. And you can be the guy that helps get the Sabres out of the longest current playoff drought in pro sports. Like, that's a real thing. And they've got a talented team with great defensemen and uh, obviously some some significant pieces up front, although Tage Thompson now out certainly doesn't help, but that's the team that I, I look at and say makes a lot of sense. But then you look at New Jersey and you say, well, I know they're maybe I speculated that they could be the mystery team. I don't know that you look at their right side and you think, okay, Alexander Holtz is trying to hold down a right wing spot on the second line. Man, Patrick Kane will look good there. Hmm. Anything from the NHL GM meetings catch your interest? Perhaps a tweak to three on three? Mm. Have you ever got have you guys ever heard the phrase if it ain't broke, don't fix it? Yeah. I just I feel like a like 
again, I'm all for minor tweaks that can make big differences, but I also feel like at some point uh, we begin to galaxy brain it and lose the point of it. Um, and maybe that's what some coaches have forced them into doing with the regrouping, the three-on-three league in the summer. I don't know if you guys have watched it. It's called Three Ice. They've had that rule in place where you, like, once you cross, you can't, go, you can't double back again and you can't keep regrouping. Some GMs say it's enough, it's time. Uh, I personally don't mind the three-on-three as it's currently played. My only complaint is that it's not longer, that I'm, I hate the shootout so much mm. that I would like to see overtime lengthen to 10 minutes because all of the math points to expected goals having 93% of games ended with a nine-minute OT. Just go to 10 and you're going to get close to 100 well, but would the players go for that? That's four or five minutes of extra wear and tear. Oh, well, like I like, so I I hear that, and I'm sitting here and I go, that's like, why? Like, why is that a thing? If if you say, oh well, it puts yeah. the onus and force on the star players, like, so then force the coach to play the third and fourth line, and it makes third, it makes the three on three that much more entertaining. Yeah, I like, get what you're saying, but but we both know that's and, not going to like in a ten minute overtime. How much is McDavid playing in that ten minute overtime? Six seven minutes? and a half. I yeah, don't know. that's what I mean. Yeah, just seven and a half extra minutes on that guy's body. I'm just saying, like that's the number but, one but, thing, but, players. But, so, and I and I know okay. what you're saying. And and again, you and I have never played in the NHL, but I know that you know the wear and tear that matters to those guys in those situations. It's just more of an opportunity to get hurt as well. It's more wear and tear on the body. I get all of that. And I get it. From a fan's perspective, you want to see games end. You don't want the shootout. But five extra minutes is is a lot in an NHL game. That's all I'm saying. I, I get where you're at. I also wonder if, like, maybe NHL players could play more. Like, can <laughs> Connor McDavid routinely play 28 or 29 minutes? Yeah, he might have I don't to. Know, like, I'm just asking a pure philosophical question. Like, I, and I'm talking not OT. Like, right. is the fact that the best player on the world only plays 21 or 22 minutes a night at the most, does that, like, does that make sense? Is he, is he physically capable of more? Like, I, I don't know the answer. I'm just, I've always been curious. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure he is, but obviously fatigue's a factor, right? Look at goaltending. The days of Marty Brodeur playing 76 games are now by the wayside because they don't want goaltenders to be fatigued in the playoffs. And generally, uh, half the time, they're just standing there waiting for action. Like, it's, it's incredible. I'll never forget. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. God rest his soul now. But, but Jay Woodcroft, uh, in the Battle of Alberta a couple years back, uh, just full-on <laughs> mocking the fact that Jacob Markstrom played 60, I think it was 66 or 62 games. Yeah. Like he full on said openly on the off day between games, like, "Oh, our goalie didn't play sixty games this year." Uh, there's a lot of Flames fans uh, using Jay Woodcroft, where he was standing waiting for Daryl Sutter handshake. A lot of them were uh, superimposing him in a lot of situations. Now, Frank, a lot of Flames fans are enjoying that right now. I'd expect nothing less. Yeah, uh, Frank, uh, enjoy Sweden, pal. Thanks for this. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. There's Frank Cervalli, courtesy of South Trail Exports. With inventory shortages across the city, it's the perfect time to sell your vehicle for cash. Visit SouthTrailExports.com. There he is, Frank Cervalli from Sweden. It's dark, 2 o'clock. Crazy. Yikes. Don't love that. No, 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 no. no. bad here. My goodness. Like 5.30 when it's pitch dark, you're like, yikes. Yeah. Not cool. 2 o'clock? Whoa. Mm. 
Not fun. Oh, you're but not in close the summer, to the Arctic Circle, right? Well, of course. But in the summer, sunsets at three nineteen Stockholm time. So it's really, it's within about forty minutes or so. Wow. Um, but in the summer, lots of daylight. Oh yeah, twenty twenty two hours of sunlight. Twenty one hours. A lot of golf in Sweden. Yeah. Hey. Look, at, look yeah. at some of the great. You know, Victor Hovland. Well, he's from Nor- oh, he's right Norway. Norway. But yeah, same but still, thing. Yeah. Um, Henrik Stenson. Henrik Stenson, Swedish meatball. Yeah. Hmm. There you go. Swedish meatball. I didn't know we called him that. Yeah. More you know. Um, what is his name? Uh, to- oh, Thomas Bjorn. Yeah. He's from uh, Norway, I believe. I mean, Annika Sornstam, yeah. one of the best women's golfers Ever? of all time. Yeah. yeah. Um, Rose hell reports yeah. next. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. Annika Sornstam. Um, what do you got? What do you got in the Rose report? Let me guess. Flames? Uh-huh. Thursday night football. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that injury riddled Thursday night football. Yeah, there's a couple things I want to rant about in the Thursday nighter while I was actually awake. Okay, go ahead. And what else? Great cups this weekend. Oh, yeah. It is. Yep. Okay. Uh, well, Justin G- Dunk's coming on at seven thirty. We're yeah, gonna actually yeah, talk yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah. Team moving to Vegas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty much it. And uh, Brent Cron, the chronolist, our big show Flames analyst at eight o'clock. Uh, we're gonna play Flames hot seat for the first time too. At uh, eight thirty, we'll see how that goes. Uh, should be interesting. <laughs> the hot sauces are in the studio. Good way to put it. Yeah, uh, should be interesting. Uh, it's the big show. It's George. It's Matt. It's Patrick. It's GVP. It's Sportsnet nine sixty. The fan. Oh hi there! It's Friday. It's the big show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet nine sixty. The fan. Top of the hour. Uh, more on the Flames. Big. Ooh, you like that Vancouver five two win last night. Seven thirty. Hey, it's Grey Cup weekend. We're all going to Grey Cup parties, aren't we? I'm, I'm not. You are? No, you're going to watch it by yourself. going to watch it at home. Are you going to a Grey Cup party, Manny? No, I am. No, I Me don't neither. think so. I got a big weekend planned. I got it. Really? Yeah, going to Canmore today. Oh, nice. Yeah, a little, can, a little night in Canmore. Going to the Nordic Spa tomorrow. Look Your at boy's you. going to get treated. You're going to wear a robe? Huh? You wear a robe? I don't know, but I assume at some point I'll probably wear a robe. That's hot. Yeah. It is. Smoking hot. Yeah, it is. Um, eight o'clock, our sports net. See these damn calves? Yeah. Look at that. I got to say, Beer League's treating you really good. Thanks, bud. Uh, our big show flames analyst, Brent Cron, I need to, in I studio. I need to get some of that Peloton money. That's yeah, what I need. At, at uh, eight o'clock. And uh, we're going to play um, Flames Hot Seat for the first time on the show. It's an idea I've had for a while. Mm-hmm. Where, it's um, not Dragon's Breath, don't worry. But it's how it's going to work is uh, myself, Maddie, and Brent Cron are going to have Flames takes, and the hotter the take that we have to uh, talk about, there's going to be hot sauce we're going to be ingesting before said take. Mm. And some of these look hot, and I'm terrified. And I even bought them, and I'm scared. Because mm-hmm. I can't really take hot. I went and bought some milk. Some milk? Some Some milk. Some over 3% milk, very thick. The GVP special. The GVP special, some homogenized milk, some homo milk. Very, very thick uh, to coat your mouth in case it's really okay, hot. That's enough. That's just... In case it's hot. Um, but right now, you know, it's always smoking hot. The Rose Report. And it's brought to you by MotorWorks. If you want a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. 
Spoken! Uh, they'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue, 3rd Street Southeast. Marty Rose. Matt Rose. Matt Rose. Adam Rose. Rose and Bloom. Matty Rose. Oh, hello, friends. Welcome to your Friday. Flames and Canucks battled at the Dome yesterday. Part of a busy, busy slate also featured the Flames' next opponent and three Canadian teams total. Plus, we got some news from the NFL. We got the latest from the NBA. We got the latest from the MLB. We got the local sports as well. So all aboard! We will start with the Calgary Flames. Yesterday, taking on the Vancouver Canucks at the Dome. He does go beast mode in that thing. Mm-hmm. Sure does, Pat. Did you know it was the 300th meeting head-to-head between these two teams? I did. I watched the game. First time other franchises faced... I didn't know that, Matty. Thank yeah, you. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Don't shake your head. This guy sometimes. My goodness. This guy... First time either franchise had faced an opponent for the 300th time in the regular season. Oh, really? Flames. Yeah. Yeah. How about See, that? That's a stat. Yeah, if you weren't rude, you would have okay. let me get to the rest of it. I like how my yeah. voice got really high. Yeah. Oh, really? Yo, really? Uh, apple picking this weekend sounds delightful. Oh, yeah. Come on, Zach Wilson. Go ahead. It's your bye week. Oh, there's football on Sunday? Now, Let's go apple picking. Okay. 151 wins for the Flames after yesterday. You Ooh. obviously know they won, but I'm going to tell you how they did it. Jacob Marks have got the start. No other changes to the roster. Canucks had a couple of early opportunities. And then they took a penalty. Then into that power play, Adam Rzichka took a penalty. Mm. Mm. Wasn't a smart penalty. No, it was. And he paid the price. He got bumped down as soon as the period was yeah, over. It yeah. was relegated to the fourth line, buddy. Canucks only had 45 seconds of power play time, but it was more than enough for the group. What movement? Eventually, Pedersen gets the one timer oh to go. It was gross. Before Wilsey could even get through the power play and penalty kill stats, they had zipped it around and put it in the back of the net. One nothing early. But, 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 but. The Flames would answer near the end of the frame. Lindholm off the right wing side now. Speeds in and centers it. Greer drops it. Weaker shoots and scores! What a shot by Mackenzie Weaker, who whips the puck into the top corner of the Canucks net. That's a hell of a chip by Dubé. Get the puck out of the zone. Spring an odd man rush. And what about that real dangerous rush chance for the Flames that ends in a goal? How rare. Weger beats to Smith, tied the game after 20. Um, Weeg dog again, coming up big. And I thought the uh, the Flames maybe started a little slow yep. in that game. But there was a great Besser chance early. And again, Jacob Markstrom standing tall. Nine, 15 seconds into the game, Markstrom yeah. stops the puck. So much for last year's uh, issues of letting in the first shot and putting the team behind the eight ball right away. He's completely uh, just got rid of that in his game. He's been tall again. We keep saying how Drake, how Drake, Drake. Oh yeah, um, how great Jacob Marstrom's been that this entire season. Yeah, just dropped a new album. Yeah. Drop, yeah. Oh yeah. Again? I mean, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Like what is he? Every like week there's a new album. I don't know. Didn't he like like six months ago he had a new album? That's too I much. Have no idea. I but I hear it's, it's good. Mind you, I'm not like out there looking like specifically for Drake albums. But Jacob Marstrom again, super solid in that first period. And you're going to talk about the second period, uh-huh. which I will say something about that when you're done. The, the highlights. Okay, good. In the second, bit of a line shuffle. Rizicka bumped down to the fourth line, replaced by Dylan Dubé, up with Lynn Holman Mongepani. Another rash chance for that group near the midway point of the second period. Pays off. Banking off the boards and up the far side. The Dubé was hit from behind by Juleson. A dangerous hit. No call coming. 
Here's Lindholm on the high slot. He drops it. Anderson shoots it. The Smith makes the save. It's loose. They score! I believe that's what they call blind justice. Yeah. How about that? A little blind justice for you. Well, the, well, Dubé was hit from behind into the boards. And no call. And there was no call because it was kind of a shoulder shot. I didn't Any, think it was a penalty. He got up. Any time a player gets... He got up, well, he got up and he scored, so yeah. yes. Any time a player gets messed up and there's no penalty call and then they score, he uses the blind justice. Oh, call. okay. Yeah. Dylan Dubé's third of the season. And the puck was that? just sitting there. It was just sitting there, just waiting. Good on the refs for not blowing it dead. Good view by them not to blow a dead. Just sitting there and Dubé just like, thanks very much. Yep. Bingo, bango. Third of the season for Dubé. It was also the third of the season for Uyghur back in the first. Bit of a theme here mm. because Noah Hannafin got his third of the season before the end of the frame. Lindholm, left point to Coleman. Now across the line to Hannafin. Hannafin speeds in. Hannafin tucks it in and scores! Yeah, it's a nice long shift for the Flames in the offensive zone. They get the line change while staying in the offensive zone. Hannafin off the bench, down the wall, beats DeSmith with a bit of a greasy one. And the Flames led 3-1 after 40 minutes of play. Now, what did you want to say about period two? To me, period two last night against the Canucks mm-hmm. was the best period of the season I've watched oh, the Calgary Flames play. look at that. Agree or disagree? They dominated yeah, that period. Such a hard time categories, categorizing each period, but it's certainly up there. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Against a team that's red hot. Yeah. yeah. Red hot, second best team in the tied. Well, they were the best team in the Western Conference heading into last night's game. They had outscored opponents 26 to 11 in the second period. Highest being the team Canucks. in the league over four goals a game. Plus 15 in the second going into this game. And Calgary dominated that period. And they also played physical. And Pospisil was a bit of a rat, and I really liked that last night, too. That hit he threw on JT Miller trying to get to the Ooh, net, that yeah. was definitely just a shoulder-to-shoulder hit. You, you think and Miller kind of going like, I don't expect this kid to do this. And then the kid says, there's, you know what? I'm going to do this. Um, and some- it really pissed off JT Miller, which I love because I like when he's angry because he's got a funny, angry face to me. Um, there's something about a guy wearing a dark visor that you just want to punch, and I'm sure that's how the other team feels about. Especially when he's played in the AHL for like four years. Yeah. Yeah. What gives you the right? (laughs) (laughs) Into the third. How about this? Another third goal of the season. Smith out to get it. Gives it to Roenick, who gives it away to Backlund. James Flames captain. Lamaki behind the net. Coleman tries to center to Huberto, but the pass is broken up. And we've got a battle for it along the boards. Backlund to Huberto. He scores! Yeah, he didn't just score. He put that thing right under the bar from about two and a half feet outside the crease. Tidy finish. That breaks an 11-game goalless streak. His third goal of the season. The broadcast had showed some of his touches from the first couple periods in the intermission. Some real good plays. He finishes in tight. Well done. Niels Hogliner did score to get the Canucks back within one, but the Flames hold on. Elias Lindholm into an empty net. Also his third of the season. The Flames won at 5-2. All five of them scored their third goal of the season. Uh, did you see the relief on Jonathan oh, Huberto's face when he scored? Yeah, you could palpably feel it through oh, the my television. Goodness. It was like a wave of emotion washed over the living room. Like, he was so relieved, and it was such a beautiful goal. Mm-hmm. Like, it was absolutely gorgeous from in tight. Did you hear what my, my man Savvy said post-game with Pat? On the uh, stick taping for Lindy? Yeah, he taped, uh, again, because Mark Savard has a lot of YouTube stuff on taping sticks. Yep. And uh, he taped Elias Lindholm's sticks before the game yesterday. Bingo, bango, three points. Four points because he had the empty netter. Well, he had one assist taken away. Oh, he did? Yeah. Oh, I hadn't yeah. checked that this morning. Yeah. 
I call plot. It happens. All right, fine. Three points for Lysenko. Taking away points like that. Come on, NHL. Be way better than that. A goal, two assists for Lindholm. Good for him to get on the score sheet. Jonathan Hubert also had a goal and an assist. Two points. Got one on the empty netter there as well. Uh, a couple other notes here from the game. Poshmussel's point streak ends at three games, but as we mentioned, he was still very effective. Markstrom stopped 20 of 22. It wasn't a busy night, but he was sharp when they needed him to be. Natural Statric uh, natural clocked him at only two high-danger chances against at five-on-five. Five. One of them beat him. The other one did not, and that's the way it goes. Um, Chris Tanev, two blocks with his hand, left the game, returned, so we'll have to see what happens yeah, with number he eight. Twice he went down the tunnel. Twice. Yes, twice. Um, so I would expect a maintenance day at some point. Um, if the Flames recall somebody today, that would be pretty telling. The Wranglers are set to go down to Ontario and play the rain. Here's the thing for you. Um, mm-hmm. This is kind of like a, a hockey in general conversation really quickly. Mm-hmm. Do the equipment uh, manufacturers need to figure something out with gloves? Because how many times are guys taking pucks in the gloves and breaking hands, breaking I, thumbs? I think Tanev had his hand open on one. Like, okay, I think it even, was the But palm. even like even like Brendan Gallagher had his hand broken a couple times because it hit the top of his hand. Well, the other thing, too, Just is like... Just a dexterity you, issue. Like, yeah. players are so fickle with their gloves. You like, remember, Brad Marchand's a guy that, like... Has worn the same gloves for like years on end. You remember last year, someone got slashed and they had that special glove that they wore. There was, it almost looked like it was steel plated in the top. I don't remember the team that they played for. Right. But essentially, the tech is out there. The players don't use it because Mm. it's cumbersome. Johnny Gaudreau's worn padded gloves for a while. Yeah, since the the Minnesota Wild incident. Yeah. Right. That's one time that actually, I think, that actually comes to mind is when he returned from the Wild. He had a different glove on that one hand that was a little bit more reinforced. Right. And I actually wonder if Kadri's doing it right now because he took that bad slash from McCarron well, and needed a maintenance day just last week. We're also saying defensemen have the extra protection on their skates. We Sometimes. See a, we which, see a lot of... But I'm, I'm, t- I'm talking so, more about defensemen too yeah. who are out there blocking more shots. I just feel like it's a bit of an issue in the NHL. And you're mm. right. It takes a while for these guys to get over it because it's equipment. But even Tanev last night, like, there isn't that much protection on those gloves. They help even even from slashes. Yeah, they, they help, but you still feel it mm-hmm. through the glove. I'm just saying, is there something they could make super lightweight that can protect better? I'm sure there's the technology out there. The thing is, when these players are ripping 85-mile-per-hour snapshots from between their legs nowadays, like, like yeah. that Besser shot... Yeah, like you shouldn't be able to shoot it that hard from that distance. Right. So That's even what, even if so the equipment should be a little better. No, but That's my what I'm point saying. being, I don't know how much better you can make the equipment. Mm. An 85 mile per hour, like how much padding can you put in there against an 85 oh. mile per hour shot from four or five feet away? But but look at guys like who we talked to, like Millen and and Rudy and Croner. Guys saying like how much goalie equipment is just so much better from even when they played, and how much more protection it adds. The, the technology is out there. It's just whether or not these players want to wear it and whether or not the NHL should implement some of this stuff. Because, again, it's an issue. Like, if Tanev's out with a broken hand because he took it right on the top of the glove, or in, but I'm just giving it as an example. Well, and, and Tanev's a good one, too, because I... He blocks I a ton of shots. Well, and he's not necessarily one of those guys that you're like, oh, man, every time he touches the puck, he does something magical with it. Like, right. He, he sometimes be, he beats know. it square. What's the difference if you're adding a little bit more... 
Just throwing it out there. Yep, fair enough. Uh, okay, they win. Next game is Saturday against the Islanders. 5 o'clock start early one. Yeah, more on this game coming up at 7 o'clock. Senators in Global Series hosted the Red Wings. Sends out to a 4-0 lead. Red Wings stormed all the way back to tie. Ended up needing a little bit of overtime. Puck is picked up. Here's a chance. Batherson tries to send it in front. Bouncing puck. Oh, scores! Out of midair! Tim Stutzla! Buries it. Ottawa wins it with two seconds remaining in overtime. Batted it out of the air by Tim Stutzla. What a goal. I don't know what old James Reimer was doing there, but that's yeah, fine. I have no idea what he was doing. He lost it. He batted <laughs> it in. I have no idea what happened Dean there. Dean Brown on TSN 1200 with the call. Stutzla's fourth of the season in the dying seconds of overtime. Ottawa takes a 5-4 win in the first of the Global Series. They're 4-0-1 in games not played in North America. No team has more wins outside really? of North America and than they the blew. Ottawa Senators. And they gagged away a 4-0 lead. Yeah, they sure did. But they got the win. Yep big win for them. Don't ask how, they ask how many. Habs hosted the Golden Knights last night, Aiden Hill with a bit of a shaky outing. Maybe this made this an exciting game. The Habs led 2-0, they led 3-2, they led 4-3, but then they got into penalty trouble. Mark Stone, high to low for Eichel. High again for Theodore. He shoots, he scores! 4-4 tie. Shea finds Eichel again. He shoots, he scores! Top right corner. Power play goal, Jack Eichel. The Knights have their first lead of the day. Dan Uva on Fox Sports Radio Vegas. Mark Stone scored another power play goal moments later. A late double minor for high sticking against Brendan Gallagher ends up costing the Habs. Justin Barron did score to make it a 6-5 final score. The Knights beat the Habs in come from behind fashion. Also wanted to have this one here for you. Uh, the Seattle Kraken and the... New York Islanders, next opponent for the Calgary Flames. This one going down in Seattle as the Islanders are on a four-game road trip. The Islanders led 1-0. They led 3-2, but the Kraken tied it both times. Ended up in a shootout. Here's Yamamoto, the righty, over the blue line, near side. Cuts into the circle, shot, score! Who wants to party? Tyler Yamamoto! Puts the Kraken ahead, 3-2 in the shootout. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everett fits you on the Kraken Audio Network featuring Duffman. Kraken break a three-game losing streak with the Yamamoto shootout. Winter Islanders have now lost seven in a row. 0-4-3 in that stretch as they come into Calgary. The Saturday will be the finale of a four-game roadie for the Islanders. Other notables from around the league, the Devils came from behind to beat the Penguins. That's the seventh come-from-behind win for Jersey this season. That's more than anybody in the NHL. Sam Reinhardt scored for the Panthers. They lost to the Kings 2-1, but Reinhardt now at 13 goals. Tied for the league lead with Matthews, Besser, and Connor. Set to be a UFA at the end of the season, boys. Mm. 13 goals already for Sam Reinhardt. Ooh. Tonight, three games, including another one part of the Global Series. I guess this one's today. Maple Leafs, Red Wings go at noon. Sabres, Jets go at six. Panthers and Ducks at eight. You can check them all out on Sportsnet Plus. You can make my I love Sportsnet Plus. Uh, I'm going to go way past seven o'clock, just so you boys know. That's fine. NFL, woo boy, what a Thursday nighter. And she looked at me and dead serious. She said, you know, Ross, just keep working. Just keep working. Just keep working. Ravens were a three-and-a-half-point favorite as they were hosting the Bengals at MNT Bank Stadium. Big injury early. Mark Andrews down with an ankle injury as he oh. pressed for the red for the end zone. Serious as well. Ravens would punch in a touchdown. We'll get to the audio on that later. We'll 
Ravens punched in a touchdown shortly after that. Bengals bounced back. They had a field goal, then a mix-in touchdown, so they led 10-7. Then Joe Burrow got hurt shortly after this, driven into the ground as he was sacked by Clowney. That brought in Stamps negotiationless quarterback Jake Browning. One NFL pass prior, wasn't great, had trouble with the sound. It was after this that the Ravens started to pull away. Jackson takes the snap. Pocket collapsing, he escapes, runs to the left, fires to the end zone. Touchdown, Rashad Bateman, his first of the year, and the Ravens extend their lead. The call on WBAL in Baltimore made it 20-10. to The Ravens would roll to a 34-20 victory. They're now 8-3. The Bengals fall to 5-5, five and, five, and their season is in serious trouble. Here's Bengals head coach Zach Taylor on Joe Burrow. It looked like he sprained his wrist, so fell on it early in the game and then felt it on the touchdown pass. Have you heard it all before tonight? Not that I'm aware of. So okay, so that's a flat-out lie. <laughs> that's a flat-out lie. No, I'm wondering if the Bengals should be in trouble for this. No, you know why that's a flat-out lie? Tom Pellicero tweeted it out. When Burrow got off the bus... He had a brace around yeah. his thumb on the team bus. There's a photo There's of it. There's a video. Oh, so, it's so a the local coach news. had no idea. No. I didn't know he was hurt. No, the Bengals, Come be, on. The Bengals need to be uh, questioned on this. Like Joe Burrow obviously had a hand injury heading into this one. He did. The amount of money that was spent on this game, I believe a couple better sleeper, I, I think, voided any bets on Mark Andrews and Joe Burrow because of what happened. Which, which is really good by them because yeah. they don't have to do they that. They don't have to do that, but... I'm wondering what the that's, NFL is oh, going to do about this. I got this. hosed yesterday. No, but that that's 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 bull spit. It's crap. That's right, bull spit. Because there's no way. If I would have known that Burrow's hand was hurt like it was his throwing hand, yep. no way I'm taking the Bengals Hell yesterday. No. And you both did. You both had Bengals three and a half. You have to be more transparent. And that, for Zach game, Taylor to say that, that post game, game looked good. Come on, man. That game, the plus four felt great until he went down and he left. And it and, and looked like the most benign touchdown pass. And all of a sudden, he's writhing in pain. Speaking of writhing in pain, this guy had Mark Andrews over the props last night, and I'm like, oh, God, that's no good. When you see him on the ground writhing in pain, mm. you're like, he's done. And then, oh, you're like, you're, Lam- and then you're, Lamar Jackson throwing down his helmet. Yeah. That's when I knew it was over. And then, and then like you're like, oh, okay, he's walking off on his own, and then you're like, oh, no, he can't put any weight on. He's on crutches. I'm like, so he's not coming back? I don't trust when guys walk off on their own pressure because you can walk with a torn ACL. You absolutely so, And Achilles. <laughs> yeah, you can do yeah. both of those things. Bengals have lost their last 24 of their last 25 primetime road games. Really? Yep. That's oh. going back to 1998. That's a great stat. But yeah, again, I was real sour please. watching this. Transparency, please. He had a brace yep. on his wrist. No, he did. Off the team bus. And they deleted the video. It was a local news station in Cincinnati that had it. Yeah. And you could see it. Yeah. You, right I, Tom Pelissero, yep. NFL no. Network. Legitimate tweet last night. As for the Ravens, Lamar Jackson, uh, also his ankle kind of got rolled mm. up on, but he stayed in the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we need to stop talking about his ankle. I'm good. And you see, I just <laughs> walked up here. I'm good. <laughs> we ain't going to talk nothing to existence, you know, speak nothing to existence. I'm good. So he's good. Uh, but star tight end Mark Andrews, this from head coach John Harbaugh. Unfortunately, on the negative side, Mark Andrews has a very serious ankle injury. It looks like a season-ending injury. So uh, our prayers oh. will be with Mark. He, uh, nobody cares more about the team and uh, and being there for the guys in Mark Andrews. So it's going to be hard for him, but we're going to be there for him all the way. Yeah, OBJ might have messed up his shoulder as well late in this one, too. Logan also, Wilson injured three bangles. Logan Wilson was part of all Ravens. three plays. Yep. Yeah. All legal plays. Yep. But I do wonder if they start talking about those gator tackles. That hip drop. Yeah. yeah.
The rest of week 11, we got the Seahawks and Rams at 225 Sunday right here on Sportsnet 960 because you know where you're home for the Seattle Seahawks. Nah. Steelers and Browns also battle. Is that AFC North, as Ross told us yesterday, probably going to get decided this week. What else we got? Bears, Lions, Chargers, Packers. Justin Fields expected to return for, for the Bears, by the yep. way. Chargers, Packers, Raiders, Dolphins, Giants, Commanders, Cowboys, Panthers, Titans, Jags, Cardinals, Texans. It's a very busy early set. Only three games in the afternoon. Bucks, 49ers, Jets, Bills, Seahawks, Rams. Vikings, Broncos is Sunday nighter. Eagles, Chiefs, Monday nighter. You got the Falcons, the Colts, the Saints, and the Patriots all on by. Hey, George, you know what sports it is? Uh, the greatest network sports network in the world? You're home for the NBA. Oh. And yesterday, only two NBA games. Both of them, you know where they were. You can make my <laughs> Both on Sportsnet. Jimmy Butler dropped 36 as the Heat won yeah, he a did. seventh straight. They beat the Nets. Also, the Thunder beat the shorthanded wor- Warriors. No Steph Curry. He's got a right knee injury. Going to be out for a little bit here. TBD. Five straight losses for Golden State after they started 6-2. You think they trade Clay Thompson? Oh, and uh, Draymond no. Green's getting suspended for five games. Yesterday. Oh, good. The first of They're five. not going to trade Clay Thompson. No? No. He's going to be a splash brother for life. Okay. You think why? What, what makes you think they're going to trade him? I don't know. I just something in there. Something in Golden State needs to be finagled with. I think. Well, they had a great start. Just Steph's hurt. Yeah, I know. Draymond's the guy they would trade because he's. Yeah, he's I don't psycho. think anybody would trade for Draymond. Yeah, but he's he's the glue of that team. The thing is, he's not even affecting the games like he used to. He's just out right. there being yeah, a. Yeah, but dick. they're all older dudes. They got to keep them together till they're completely done. Yeah. They're like the Penguins in the NBA. Yeah, got to keep the guys together. They won multiple championships. You just ride this thing out until they retire. They're the Penguins or are they the Capitals? No, they're the Penguins. They've won, got multiples. multiple championships. Okay, yeah. Yeah. With like one of the Steph Curry's the greatest shooter ever lived. Sidney Crosby's on what? Top five player ever to play the game? Which again, we don't talk enough about. I was going to compare Ovechkin to Crosby more so, or Ovechkin to Curry more so. But. Hey, George, you remember what Sportsnet is? The Home greatest? of the UFC. Oh, yeah. Home of the UFC. And the Grand <laughs> Slam of curling. And the Toronto Blue Jays. No. Yes. And the NHL. <laughs> no. What? Playing home regional. For, home for the NBA. Oh. I oh. just asked you. <laughs> Come on. Keep up. Home for the NBA. Four games on the network tonight, although we don't have the Raptors game. They oh. play the Celtics at 530 on the other guys, whatever. Raptors' first in-season tournament game. Yeah. Fun. About, how about that? Uh, except, are they at home? Yeah, yeah. they're at home. So we'll cool get to court. see the cool new court. Uh, 76ers at Atlanta Hawks. That's Sportsnet West at 530. Nuggets and Pelicans on Sportsnet 1 at 6 o'clock. How about the cans, hey? Yeah, right <laughs> the on. Cans. Hey, I, I had I had another uh, epiphany watching uh, What's sports. That? Yeah, remember how we talked about the in season tournament and how yeah. it would never work in the NHL? Yeah. What if they use draft picks as incentive oh. for an in season tournament? You win first overall. Uh, oh, well, that would. No, but how cool would that be? Yeah, Ooh, but then you rich like, get richer. The rich get richer. So what? Win the tournaments. <laughs> It's a regular season game. But it adds a lot more juice to the regular like, season. Oh, the poor San Jose Sharks have to go into this in-season tournament again. They got to go play. But all, it, it they're not going to win a game. To always try to win. <laughs> I don't. I'm just throwing it out there. Give them money. I think money's no, a good. No, money incentive. doesn't do anything for anybody. Lakers Trailblazers <laughs> at eight on Sportsnet West. Then the Rockets and the Clippers on Sportsnet One. Gray Cup on Sunday. Oh, yeah, no, but yeah, I, listen, I would. <laughs> <laughs> just the commissioner just tripping over himself. I like how he was late for his own press conference. What a jerk. Oh, they are always late. And he's not going how anywhere. Late, how late was he? Uh, he was how late. late was he? We'll ask Justin Dunk. He's coming up at 730. <laughs> so, yeah, okay. Yeah. 
Cody Fajardo and the Montreal Alouettes face Brady Oliveira, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers in Hamilton. Yesterday was the CFL Awards. Shaggy played this show. She called me Mr. Bombastic. Fantastic. But it wasn't televised. Nope. <laughs> no, why would it be? Just Never a, been. Just an award show. Why would you? No. I don't know because I think the NHL Awards are the best award show on the planet. It's not <laughs> awkward at all. No Stampeders players won awards, but a gigantic shout humongous shout-out to equipment manager George Hopkins awarded the Hugh Campbell Distinguished Leadership Award. Yeah, a round of applause. Yeah, the smattering. Give it to him. Great leadership and significant CFL contributions is what the Hugh Campbell Distinguished Leadership Award is awarded for. Gio's been with the organization for over 50 years. He's a legend in the sport, having worked over 1,000 <laughs> games. That's also a very strong proponent of junior football here in Alberta. So shout out to the man they call Gio, a true legend. Also, a couple of Stampeders notes. Dave Naylor reporting that the Rough Riders have requested to interview Stampeders defensive coordinator Brent Monson oh. for their head coaching position. Farhan Lalji also said they asked to speak with special teams coordinator Mark Killam. The sense. Riders now have to make a decision within 14 days on their hire. Carrie Underwood is playing the Great Cup Festival tonight. Green Day is playing the halftime. It's going to be a 4.30 kickoff on Sunday. Bombers 8.5 point favorites. Oof, that's a big spread for a Great Cup. I kind of like the points, not going to lie. Oh, also... Viva Las Vegas! Boo! Viva Las Vegas! You know what? You can say boo all you want, but I am such a proponent of putting more things in Las Vegas. Uh, God, I love that town. (laughs) Yeah, who cares? Like, I understand that Oakland's been there for a long time, but... The president's a bad dude. Dude couldn't Get pay $80 it. million dollars for a new stadium. Yeah. That's literally all he had needed to pony up, and he wouldn't even do that. Yeah, and but okay, but that's fine. But also, like, bottom why third would, payroll yeah, since he bought the team. But wouldn't you want to own a team in Vegas? Yeah, but they're the third one there. It's not The, the market's diluted. But they're the first baseball team there. The yeah. market is not that diluted, and it has shown that it can carry a, carry a franchise. Yeah, NHL. I mean, yeah, the Raiders are it's the NFL. We'll see how baseball does out there. Um, the NFL's pl- easy. It's only NFL's times. easy. Amazing how the, the NBA Knights is the last are the one first there. one, so they're always going to be popular. They're always going to be and good. And they won a championship already. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, I think they ripped the hearts out of the people of Oakland. It was really well, that's bad. That's true. They have no teams left. None. Yeah. Isn't that... Well, I guess the 49ers are a little ways away. That's a different city. Yep. Yeah, it's, it all bleeds the into the play in where now? San Santa Francisco. Claire. San Francisco across San the Francisco, bay. Yeah. They're in the East Bay or across the East Bay. But it's it's like in Oakland, they're going to be a roving team. This will be the final year in Oakland. And then they'll be splitting time between Oracle Park in San Francisco, the minor league park in Vegas, and other things until the new oh park's built in 28. God. That's going to be awful. Yeah. It's like when the Expos played in Puerto Rico. Oh. San Juan. <laughs> They're going to move there. Terrible. They were going to move to Remember San that? Juan. Remember how awful yeah, they, that was? They played <laughs> the Jays on Canada Day in, in San Juan. Rico. Yeah. I just have Donald Trump's voice in my head saying Puerto Rico. Uh, first state. Locally. Lights up the joint. The Calgary Wranglers <laughs> are on the road. Uh, they look for a fifth straight win tonight. They play Sunday down in Ontario. Snoop they play can't tonight do that anymore. against the Ontario Reign. Uh, the Hitmen host the Rebels tonight at 7 o'clock. We got it for you right here on Sportsnet 960. Brad Curl and Jeff Hollick will have the call. Logan Gordon will host that one for you. The Hitmen also visit the Rebels tomorrow for back half of a home and home. As for the AJHL, the Oak Tokes Oilers visit the Black Falls Bulldogs tonight. They also host them tomorrow to close a home and home. The Calgary Canucks on the road. They visit Olds Saturday night. And good night and good luck to you, sir. Uh, terrific stuff, Matty. The Rose Report brought to you by Motorworks. If you own a BMW, 
Choose Motors for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Ave and 3rd Street Southeast. Straight ahead. Notice something in the game last night that I wanted to talk to you guys about that maybe we didn't see last season with the Calgary Flames. We'll do that straight ahead here at 7 o'clock. And at 7.30, hey, we'll preview the Grey Cup. Some hot CFL talk on the big show. Justin Dunk will join us from 3rd Down Nation. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.